Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is. Christ our Lord. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Hoping Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I am back once again today with another devotional. Last week, we talked about knowledge being power, and we're going to continue um, talking about the knowledge of God's Word, and today we're going to get into the scriptures about perilous times. We're going to get into the scriptures about perilous times. And we're still dealing with the knowledge that we need to make sure that we have about the Word of God. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your truth, that there is no other truth because truth begins with you and ends with you. You are the truth and we, you are the living hope. Father, we bless you and we pray for those that are listening. We pray, oh God, for soul deliverance, soul salvation, transformation, knowledge, and understanding in the lives of all the individuals that are listening. Father, I pray and ask, oh God, that you would save a dying world. I pray for a surrendered heart, surrendered heart, and a transformed life in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Again, today we are coming from the Word of God again with another devotional, and we're going to be talking about or continuing to talk about truth, um, truth and knowledge. The last episode was knowledge is power, and it is truly power when you gain the knowledge of the Word of God, the knowledge of who God is and what he, he uh, plans for our lives and what shall come. And today we're going to talk about what is to come, the knowledge of what the Word says about perilous time and perilous men or perilous human beings. And so we're going to begin with the definition. The definition of perilous is um, hard to do, hard to bear, dangerous times, harsh and savage. And um, for the word savage, I can understand that because my middle school students grabbed a hold of that word for some reason, and they used it in a more positive way that somebody was savage. But the definition of perilous times is something that's a savage time, a time that is very, very wicked, very, very wicked. And why the enemy used um, our children to switch the definition of that word is beyond me. But we're going to talk about what perilous times really look like, the knowledge of God's word and what it says. So we're going to begin with um, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9, and it's in the New King James Version. We're going to read it, and we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to go to um, another scripture in Matthew that gives us a little bit more of what Christ said about perilous times, and so we're going to talk about that. Again, it says, but know this, and this is Apostle Paul speaking, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, dispersers of good, despisers, I'm sorry, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And we're going to just pause at verses, um, actually verses 1 all the way up to verse 4. So it's actually 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4 that we're going to deal with. So, again, um, but know this. In the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Now I want you to pause for a second. And really meditate on what I just read from Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through four. And I want you to think about this is Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, one of his one of the men that he was training to to go out and, and also train um, in the word and help leaders to come forth and, and minister the gospel. This was Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy about the leaders and how to make how to correct them in the false teaching and and also making sure not just them but that all um, Christians um, at the time walk according to God's way and not um, the ways that we just read. So if we really stop and pause for a minute, it sounds very much like we are reading, or I was just reading from something from 2019. We're in the year 2019, and everything that the Word says, that perilous times will come, what will come upon us, we are there now. We are there now. And I know some of you may be saying, well, we've seen this before, we heard about this before, but not so much in the great capacity that we see right now. So, again, Apostle Paul said that perilous times were coming. He said men would be lovers of themselves. And that meant that they would have intent on them, uh, just selfishness, intent on the interest of what they wanted, how they wanted it, and that was it. And he was talking about the leaders, but again, we this is twofold. We can talk about those that are proclaiming Christ or um, those that are um, speaking about how um, they, they live for Christ because another scripture, if you go a little bit further, it says, and we talked about that before, it says uh, having a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness. And so all of these attributes are someone who has a form of godliness. 
but denying the work goes on in the same chapter to say, but denying the power thereof. And we talked about this the last time. So these are all the attributes of someone just doing religion. Form of godliness is the outer appearance of living a, a, a godly life, but the inner um, the inner man of the individual has not changed. Has not changed. That's going to church, coming back, doing what I do, day by day by day, week by week, but there's no change. So we talk about leaders. We talk about leaders and we talk about lay members. Those of us that are um, me being a minister and those that are lay members, that the Word of God declares that we can recognize what perilous times look for. And so we see that so much. We see men being lovers of themselves um, intent on their own interest, intent on their own interest. The second one, second part of the scripture says lovers of money, lovers of money. We see that. We've seen it for years, but we see it increasing more and more. That church more so from what I can see. This is my opinion. Church has become more like a business rather than ministry. So that's that's the second one. And then boasters, boasters and proud. Those that are empty pretenders bragging, boasting and proud about um, the things that they have acquired or the things um, that they're doing. Pride is just the word declares that pride comes before destruction. Pride comes before destruction. And then we have um, blasphemers. Blasphemers are um, those that speak evil, slanderous, reproachful, railing, abusive, and critical words. Critical words. Um, you, you can see um, those that proclaim to be ministers um, blaspheming the word and, and, and saying what's not a part of God's word and, and, and what they believe it to be and um, saying that certain ways of uh, way we live and, and different things are, are God's blessing and it's not. And so um, and disobedient appearance, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unloving meaning heartless here, unforgiving, and slanderers, malicious gossips. And of course, again, it's not just talking about leaders, but those of us that are calling ourselves believers, believers, that we are claiming the word, claiming the truth of Christ, but those that have a form um, are doing these things without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. So those that are supposed to be ministering good, uh, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word declares that they will come in perilous times and be despisers of good. Despisers of good. What is good? We're not good. What is good? The word of God, God himself, the Holy One of Israel, that is, he is what is good. And the word declares here that those in perilous times will come and despise good. Those things that are righteous, those things that God has called righteous are 
the good things, the good things, the things that God has called righteous, righteous living, righteous holiness, and standing forth, standing firm on the word of God is good. But the word declares here that people will come to despise the good, and we can see that today. Traitors, headstrong, that means they, 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 you can't talk to them. They don't want to hear what you have to say. I know, I believe what I, I believe in it, and, I, and it's done. Even when the word tells us otherwise, people are headstrong and haughty, swollen with conceit, haughty spirit. Haughty, I'm going to do it how I want to do it, and nobody going to stop me. That's, that's, that's what we're seeing. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Another scripture in the word declares there's three things that cause us um, to sin. There's categories, three categories that cause us to sin. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Again, this scripture says lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So that pleasure could fall in one of those categories and cause us to sin against God and cause us to live a form of godliness lifestyle. Um, again, the categories are lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride of life. I'm doing everything possible to win, as, as, as people say, I'm living my best life on this side. But have we wondered, have we thought about the fact that this, Life is not eternal. This life will come to an end and we will step into eternity. And we talked about this in the last episode. We will step into eternity. Are we ready? None of what we acquire on this side we will keep. None of it we will take with us. But we are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. God didn't say we couldn't enjoy things in life. He didn't. But the word here says that people will become, have become, are becoming lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So it did not say that some pleasing pleasure meaning in a way, let's say you you, you desire a nice house and things like that. No. That God, God, God didn't say he didn't desire for us to have those things, but what the word is saying here is that those things can't have you. And what we're seeing now is that those things that we desire and that people desire, they want that more, and they're willing to sacrifice a relationship with God for it. They're willing to sacrifice a relationship with the living one, the Holy One of Israel, for that thing. Whether it be a relationship, whether it be a, some kind of sin, adultery, whatever it is, fornication, homosexuality, whatever it is, a word declares 
that sin is sin. Whatever that sin is. So those that are listening, I need you to understand that the word declares it is holy. God is righteous. There is only one living and true God. And he sent Christ. Christ to die. Christ to redeem our souls. And that this word that we read, this word that we minister from, this word is not our word. The word is not us. We didn't, we didn't write it. We are saying what God's word says, and, and we are in perilous times. My heart breaks every time I think about it. Because we're living in perilous times, and we're walking around like we don't see it. We're conforming to the ways of the perilous ones. We're conforming to the ways of the world, the wickedness, the loving yourselves rather than loving God. The slanderers, the blasphemers of the word of God, the disobedient, the unholy, the, those that are uh, lacking self-control, the despisers of good, we are conforming. And the word is saying here, Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy, beware that in these times, in his time, what was coming you got to stand against it. The despisers of good. Again, I'm not good. You're not good. But we're talking about God. We're talking about the living one. The one that is without our breath. It would be nothing without his, without him breathing into us. Here's a side note. We're going to come back just a moment and talk about, continue to talk about perilous times and what Jesus said about it as well. But just a side note. For those that question the truth and the validity of God and the validity of the scriptures, have you ever thought? I know we think about the Big Bang and all of this and all this stuff just came together over time. But have you thought about some of the most Amazing things that God designed. Have you ever thought about the fact that every human being on the face of this earth that walks, that everybody has their own purpose? And what do I mean by that? There is enough of doctors to not, to not have doctors standing in line waiting. There are enough um, ministers, there are enough um, teachers, there are enough lawyers, there are enough. They have been strategically designed for that purpose. And that purpose that they were placed in the earth to do, it comes easy. If they've already been equipped with it, they don't have to. They get some training, but in, in actuality, most of the time, they have the gifting already on the inside. For example, everybody is not purpose to be a teacher. I'm an educator, and I am a living witness. I have been in education over 20 years, and I can say to you 
that everybody's not equipped. That doesn't make them a bad person. That means that their purpose is not that. God put purpose for something else inside of them. I'm a writer. Everybody's, that's not everybody's gift. I also sing and I worship. That's not everybody's gift. God placed these things in each and every one of us. How do you think that just happened? We just exist just because. And when it's all over, then it's just, that's just it. I don't believe that. I believe that I was strategically put in this time in history, that I was placed in this earth by the living God. I believe that I live, move, and have my being because God is eternal and he's the eternal self-existing one. And that because of him, I have life. Because my breath, my brain function, everything that is strategically designed inside of me, was made by God. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. I have what God designed me to have. There is nothing about me that's the same as the person, even the next writer or the other teacher, there's a uniqueness about each and every one of us. I sit sometime, and I also, and then I'm still on my side note, but I'm going to come back in just a moment. I sit sometime, and I watch the birds. I watch the animals. And I, and I see how beautiful God made them, their unique design, their uniqueness. I see the plants, and I hear the birds chirping, and all the things that I, I just watch. I watch the water, and there's a scripture that tells us that God holds it where it is so it doesn't overtake us. Do we believe that just happened? I don't know why I'm saying this, but do we believe that that just happened? I want you to ponder on that for just a moment. Do you believe that that's something that just took place? Because whoever's listening, the reason why your fulfillment hasn't come, you've searched, you've searched, and I'm, and I'm saying this because I've done this, You've searched the world. You've searched all over. You've searched relationships, whether it be of God or not. You have searched. You have done all of this, and you still come up empty. Why? Because the word declares that the joy of the Lord, the filler of my soul, my being, my joy, my peace, everything that I desire, that I chased after, none of that stuff is going to fill me but the living one, the one who created me to worship, the one who created me to love him for myself, to come into the knowledge of who he is. I'm talking about Christ. I'm talking about where I have walked and I have come from. I'm talking about the tears I've shed and I've been disappointed and people could not do it. 
Relationships could not do it. Only Christ could do it. Why? Because he's my designer. He knows exactly what I need. And so I pray that you're listening. Whoever's listening to me right now, stop fighting God. We have so many things we're trying to do. We're coming up with these laws, and we're trying to do all this stuff to do what we want to do. As the word says, to be despisers of good, to, to live an unholy life, to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Will we stop fighting God? We are in perilous times. Will we fight? stop fighting God? And here's, here's something else that we know the Word tells us, that even in these times, there will be a great, great falling away. We've seen that. But also, a revival is coming. Souls are going to cry out. Why? Because we're going to come. At some point, we're going to come to the understanding that God's word is truth. And every philosophy, every deceit that, uh, that Satan has brought to us and has tried to wipe the memory of who God is from our minds, we're getting to a place in history. Well, the word declares, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not that Jesus Christ might be Lord, or that he's just the Lord of the Christians, or he's just the Lord, but the word says that he's Lord of all. And the word declares, and I'm, somebody has to hear this today, the word says that every knee shall bow. Bow. Why? Bow means to acknowledge. You will bow your knee physically and spiritually. Why? Because Christ is our creator. Christ is the Lord of all. There is no other God. The word declares that outside of me, there is no other God. He is, yes, the trinity of God is a great mystery. And, and, and if we could explain who God is totally and completely, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be God. His word says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. But as the heavens are high as the, higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways. We have to understand the times we're in. We have to come to the knowledge and understanding that we're in perilous times. And if we don't bow our knee to the living one, so much is about to take place. So much is about to take place. Will we stop fighting the only one that can save us? Will we stop fighting the only one who can face us? Is the pleasure worth it? Is the pleasure worth it? Is my desire what I want 
and I want it right now. I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to do what I want. Is it worth it? We're in perilous times. Um, the last scripture we're going to talk about is chapter 24 of the book of Matthew. And chapter 24 of Matthew is verses 11 through 13. And it reads, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Let me read that again. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound. And the love of many will grow cold. So Jesus, these are Jesus' words. He's saying, in a time in history, many false prophets will rise up and people will be deceived. We see that happening before us. It started happening in time. We see that happening now. People are deceived by all the kind of craziness that's being spoken now. And because lawlessness will abound, he's saying because people will continue doing what they want to do, They will continue in sin, and it will get worse and worse abound. It means to grow. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So when wickedness continues and grows, people will just get to the point where it's just they're numb to it. They're numb. They don't care. They don't want to. And, and growing cold, the love of many, they don't care. You start hating, you start doing all types of things. And, and he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Shall be saved. Are we going to surrender is the question. Are we going to surrender? And Jesus goes on in the, the next scriptures, set of scriptures talking about um, the perilous, um, great tribulation and abomination and all of those things that will rise up. Why? Because the enemy is able to deceive so many. So many. He said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He said he came his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. He came to see who will stand for me. Even if your father and your mother don't want Jesus, are you willing to stand? Are you willing to surrender? Because as I said earlier, if we don't, Surrender our hearts. Turn to the living one that can bring all the peace and all the joy and the pleasure forevermore to us, to our lives, to an eternal state of destiny. And we still will bow. We still will bow. We will confess that he's Lord. They may still confess that he's Lord. They don't have a relationship. 
not dwelling in his presence. Will we surrender in the perilous times? Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I pray and ask for those that are listening that you remove the stony places of the heart. Remove the rebelliousness. Remove everything that's not of you, oh God. Even as I was, God, even as you continue to cleanse, oh God, I pray for transformation from the inside out. I pray for soul deliverance, that eyes will be open, ears will be open to know that there is only one truth. And if we bow and surrender to that truth, we must surrender our lives. I pray for those that are listening that they would do just that. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening and tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Have a blessed, a blessed, a blessed and prosperous week and surrender to the only living hope, Christ our Lord.